Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strebel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. I don't believe that Christian fellowship and church fellowship is specifically the same thing. And neither do I believe that religious fellowship has to do with either one of these. I could have religious fellowship with a Jew that believed in God, but I could not have Christian fellowship with him because he wouldn't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as far as his coming is concerned. I could sit down in a conversation and talk with him about God and the mercies of God the God of Israel, how that his God had led Israel. But we wouldn't get very far. When I began to talk to him about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus has led us. Jesus has literally died for us. Jesus has literally redeemed us. I couldn't couldn't get along much with him in that we could not have Christian fellowship. And then there is times when we have church fellowship, uh, when, when, uh, when maybe some people would would not want to enter in, or we would not permit them to enter into our communion service. Uh, I believe that church fellowship belongs specifically to the church, and when we go into our communion service, it belongs to the members of, of, of the church. So in that light, we see why we'd have post-communion as badges, but that's not what we're trying to talk about today. Uh, I want to talk about uh, uh, Elizabeth and Mary specifically today, and uh, their great uh, abilities to believe in a simple faith, the thing that had been told them, and how they uh, strengthened each other. Uh, the bishop coming here today will strengthen us in Christian fellowship, and, and we'll be, uh, and I hope that I'll say something, and that my church members will say something to you that would strengthen your life. And I hope that we'll literally see and believe that we're not here in something ordinary that the world can give. Even that, it's just somewhat down and out sometimes because everyone they encounter does not believe. And they say, well, I just don't understand that. Friends, there wouldn't have been anyone believe, separate and apart from the mercies of God and the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. So if you can believe, be thrilled and thankful about it and pray for the other man if he cannot see. You cannot make him see. You cannot force Christian fellowship on him or her. But those that know the Lord Jesus Christ should be thrilled to be in company with others that know him and therefore have Christian fellowship and strengthen each other's faith. Now, there's some of that going on in our day. I'm not going to try to tell you there's not. And they people in this congregation this morning they are just in humble, childlike faith to serving God. And they're the happiest people in any church. The most unhappy people in any assembly is people uh, uh, that uh, that travels in their own life sometimes, that's deeply concerned about conferences, and just bogged down in traditions, and they are the most unhappy people that you can ever encounter. But if you want to find really people bubbling over and happy in the church, you find someone that comes in and listens to the Lord, is thrilled that they can believe, and is willing to sit down if you have time and share Christian fellowship. Uh, they care little about the business because they feel like the business of the church is 
is to praise their God, and they're happy and thrilled. But now, if you want to find sadness, you find someone that's forgotten that, and tries to travel in other means, they're just always bogged down, and about the most, they're not even happy in their own Christian life. So, I want to read you a verse of a song as we travel along, as we sing this morning. It's 231. Don't you turn to it. It's the last verse in that song, the last stanza. But here's what it says. This is we need today, and this is what Elizabeth and Mary had some 2,000 years ago, a great revelation from heaven, and a childlike faith uh, believed and encountered each other in Christian fellowship. Now I want to impress this, this fact. The reason I'm saying Christian fellowship with Elizabeth and Mary is because the, the church, the New Testament church, is, is, is not in existence at this time. But who would not like to have a church made up with two or three thousand members like Elizabeth and Mary? Who would not love that? They're good church material. The church of the Lord Jesus is not in existence, I don't believe, at this time. But they nevertheless can have Christian fellowship because they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's on his way. And his forerunner is five or six months old at this time. And these people believe that. But in our day, after much controversy and people learning so much, that they deny all of these facts and put great seeds of doubt and discord in the minds of even God's children. Let's read what this song says. It says, Oh, send thy spirit, Lord, now unto me, that he may touch my eyes and make me see. Show me the truth concealed within thy word, and in thy book revealed, I see the Lord. That's what we need today if you're going to be made happy. You can't understand the Lord on your own uh, thinking and in your own carnal mind. If we understand anything about the Lord today, it'll have to be revealed unto us by his Holy Spirit. Now then, I'm going to begin my study and trying to talk to you today in Luke chapter 1. And I'll begin reading verse 39. I'll read verses 39 through 41 first as we meditate upon this. And I see in this, in this Christian fellowship and Christianity at its best, is here are two people confirming each other's faith. Have you ever gone to talk to anyone and, and you go and you have a good conversation with them? Uh, you go and you can say as you, as you leave and on your further journey of the day that I feel so much better after the conversation and no doubt the person that you have left uh, no doubt will say the same thing. Well, this is nothing more than confirming the faith of the saints of God. We become stronger and more determined to, uh, to serve God and we found someone that believes like we do and you have a glorious time in the Lord. Well, this is what's happening now uh, to Elizabeth and to Mary. So we'll, let's read now, beginning with verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went unto the hill country with haste unto a city of Judea and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Now, there's some strange happenings here upon this occasion. There's things happening to some of the family of the human race that never, never happened before and to never happen again. Now, let's remember that Zacharias is not in this picture here, but I believe he's in the house. I believe he's in a back room there somewhere. You know, um, it seems that Elizabeth has come to the door and greeted Mary. Zacharias is in that house somewhere, sitting there unable to speak because of his unbelief. So even before that the New Testament church come into existence, we see even born-again people tarnishing what would, with, with their, 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 at least they're hindered by the same uh, inabilities or same unwillingness to believe the message of heaven. So Zacharias in the house somewhere, but a believer comes to the door and encounters a believer. I don't say that Zacharias now does not believe in God, but what the, what the angel told him is so great that he just wondered how on earth could this ever come to pass. And he wants a sign. And so the angel said, well, you just will not be able to speak it now uh, during uh, the pregnancy of Elizabeth, your wife. So he's in the house. A strange thing happening here. Now, when the Bible said that, that Mary rose and she goes up uh, to visit Elizabeth, it's talked about in those days. This is in the days of when the angel of the Lord had come and appeared to Zacharias and told them in their old age that they were going to bear a son at Elizabeth Wood, she had conceived, and they'd call his name John. He'd be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the same time, uh, uh, some five months after this, what well, seems the same angel has appeared to Mary, uh, a, a girl that was deeply religious and loved her God uh, and was trying to serve her God. Here the same angel appears to her and informs her that out of her womb the Lord of heaven would be born. She didn't understand it either, but she didn't ask for a sign. She did ask how can these things be. And the angel told her uh, with man that there's many things that's impossible, but with God that there's not anything that is impossible. And so the remark of disbelieving but not understanding child of God was, well, just so be it to thy handmaid. Here I am. Take me and use me in God's plan. There was a difference in what she said and how she thought and what there was that Zachariah had said. He wanted a sign. God sometimes is displeased with people that keep wanting a sign instead of just believing in what he said. I would believe that true Christian fellowship is greatly hindered by people that desires another sign. Generally, those that are thrilled and happy to be together, and thanksgiving to God are those people that are able just to say, the Lord said it, and I believe it, and talk about it, and rejoice in the fact, and rely upon the promises that you believe that is made unto you, and you take them with all faith and rely upon them. So, we'll read specifically the promise that had been made to Mary and, 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 and the condition that the angel has told Mary of her cousin Elizabeth. There won't be any problem, let's remember this, in this conversation, in this Christian fellowship, it won't be any trouble for Mary to recognize the fact that this angel must be true, because she's going to be able to look at Elizabeth and see that she's with child. 
But the Bible does not say a word that anyone has informed Elizabeth of one thing. Mary, she, you can look at her at this point and tell that she is with child. But all the greatness of the Holy Spirit is going to reveal so much in the life of Elizabeth. Now then, I want to say to you today that I believe there's people sitting right in this congregation that has great experiences with the Lord. Sometimes we just won't share them in Christian fellowship. They, listen, friends, any time that you feel like if the Lord has visited you by the Holy Spirit and has blessed you to understand anything, it takes that same time to do that for you that it did to reveal these mighty facts unto Elizabeth. The only thing in 1973 is that we don't even want to believe that. Then we get to hearing so many people say that God's not here, that the Holy Spirit's not at work. Just because you as an individual wouldn't know anything, don't believe, don't mean that someone else didn't know anything, and that someone else is not gloriously happy. Oh, friends, listen. I'm going to say this. Today is the first time, so far as I know, that Sister Maxine Ferris has been back with us since she had this uh, accident, and, and her body was bruised and broken. But Sister Maxine well, had the blessing to see through this wreck that God still loved her. Only a revelation from heaven would cause anyone to say that. Anyone that didn't have that would lay there and grumble, be tormented, and wonder why it had to happen to me. But here's a person just relying upon God, that God will see me through. That takes a revelation from heaven. You remember that today. And if you'll open your ears, if they're not open under the surrounding of your life, you're going to find out that the Holy Spirit is still taking the things of Jesus Christ and revealing them unto his children. The only reason that all of, their, all of the children does not realize this is because they know nothing of Christian fellowship and they know nothing of tuning in to God. There's some born-again people that I care very little about having a lengthy conversation with because they know nothing of the revelating facts of God. They're doubting. And if anyone around them says anything with any magnitude about God, it seems that it makes them mad. I'd get no joy out of that whatsoever. When Sister Annie Henson stands before me and says, during my sickness and there, one night I seen this form appear towards me. I don't know what it was and, and the great experience she has. I don't, I don't try to dampen that one bit in the world. I accept that as a true fact of the Holy Spirit revealing unto her that things as well. The man that just finished preaching over at Frazier, one of them, Brother Don Ellis, after, after he went through, had, had his body broken asunder in this accident and his shoulder mingled, that night there, then the doctor was preparing to set the shoulder maybe the next day. That night, and he knew when it happened, that his shoulder was healed. The x-ray showed that those bones still lay together like that. The doctor was going to put them together like that, and they could have done it, and no doubt it would have healed. But the x-ray showed that those bones had knitted together just like that. Brother Ellis told me Thursday night that he knew when it happened. But he said, Brother, what is just the idea that God healed me? He said, that's, that, that, that's not the idea at all. He said, the fact that I knew it, and the power and the strength that I felt, felt in my body, Oh, Lord, send that spirit that we might understand what's going on in our lives. 
And the Bible said in the verse that I've read, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And there's great things happening around this land. Christianity is being formed. The Lord Jesus is in the world now, in the womb of Mary. John is six months old in the womb of Elizabeth. And these two precious women that heaven has smiled upon have met together in Christian fellowship. Christian fellowship at its best. Before these women had had time and for Christianity to live in these 2,000 years to encounter disputes and doubts and all of that to enter into it. And churches forget what it's all about. And for preachers to grumble and to be jealous. And for churches to spend too much time wondering who the pastor should be. All of these things have come in year after year and it's brought much doubt and despair in the lives of many children of God. But I'm going to say again, but I believe there's still some simply in a childlike faith in touch with heaven and they can tell you a lot about what God has done for them. Are you one of them? Am I? All right, here's the promise in Luke 1 and 31. If you don't remember another thing, I'm saying today that this incident shows you Christianity at its best, untarnished, undoubted, accepting God under the influence of the Holy Spirit at his promise. So in Luke 1 and 31, the angel is talking with Mary, and here's what he says to her. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. As far as we know, Elizabeth knows nothing of this problem. And then in Luke 1 and 36, the angel tells Mary the condition of her cousin Elizabeth. And behold, thou cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Friends, this is such an exciting time. Don't you suppose all of these people in 1973 uh, that is in touch with the Lord, it, it, this is an exciting time for them. It, they're looking for the Lord. He's coming back. I want to beg you to, to, to reach this con conclusion today. People that's not in this category, they're generally not happy with their self. They're not happy with their job. They're not happy with their church. They're not happy with their preacher. They're not happy with Christianity. They're not happy with anything. It's because that the Holy Spirit is so cramped in their lives till they nothing know more, know nothing more than what a fleshly mind that they're born with would lead them along to think. And every good thing that you could mention in their presence, they'll encounter it with a contradictory statement of some dark idea that if you say, oh, Jesus, no doubt it's coming soon, they'd probably say, well, it's been a long time and it ought to be, and it's about time, it's been 2,000 years that he hadn't said anything. Now, you can just notice that if you will just, just observe your surroundings. But look at what I'm talking to you about today. Christianity in all of its splendor and glory. Two women not understanding it all 
but thrilled to death and even prophesying of the great future events and gloriously happy that the Lord has used them in his plan. I hope you get far enough along there to show you that all the family of God has not been thrilled that God has used them in their plan. Not all. Are you willing for God to use you in his plan? Are you waiting to know what, what, what he wants you to do? Those are things that we should meditate upon. Christianity is a wonderful thing to make people happy and thrill them to death. And the better Christian fellowship you have, the better church member that you'll be. Have you ever noticed some people, when you get around them and all they want to talk about is church trouble, they'll bring it up within three minutes after you encounter them. And then you can encounter others that all they'll talk about is the goodness, mercy, power, salvation, and the glorious outcome of my life. That's all they'll talk about. Now, what is the difference in these two people? One does not know what Christian fellowship is supposed to consist of. The other knows it and desires and hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Which one would do you the most good? Don't take these things for granted. If you want to be made happy in this land, cultivate Christian fellowship. Seek out those that does likewise. And I can guarantee you a good and profitable and happy way of life. Now then, as Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And she, uh, they encounter each other. I want you to notice now the thing that is happening. Let's notice the first thing that happened specifically after that they said, Hello, I'm glad to see you, and I'm so thankful that you've come. And they enter in. The, the first thing major that happens to Elizabeth is this. The babe leaped for joy. Now, here's something special that the Holy Spirit is doing. I'm not preaching you to death. This is when John was born again. It may have been. I know that I know the Bible said Tuesday, and, and it was told Zacharias that, that, that certainly that the Holy Spirit would, would overcome him before he was born. But here is something happening specifically uh, for a great blessing for Elizabeth likewise. Here, I could not believe now that John being six months old that this is the first time that Elizabeth has felt the movement of this precious child inside her body. I could not believe that. But here is a movement that's never been experienced before. The Lord is leading. The Lord is here. And the Lord is going to bring about a wonderful fellowship and experience in the lives of these two precious women. A startling reality indeed. And the babe leaped for joy. There's, uh, oh, there's other places, but there's two other words in the Old Testament that, that have the same meaning as this. And, 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 and I'm going to read them to show you that here upon this encounter that God Almighty is moving. Have you ever met anyone and, and you've had a conversation and after they left that you could say, I know the Lord is in this. I know the Lord has sent this person by today. I've been helped too much. There's been too many things said that I meditated upon. 
There's been answers that's come to my life. Have you ever experienced that? I've known people that have. It's the same identical thing. But you show me a church that don't understand this. They'll sleep and be drowsy and leave unmoved at even what I'm trying to say today. Because they're so out of counter and so out of tune with true, simple Christian fellowship and what it's all about. Genesis 25 and 22. This is about Jacob and Esau. They're in Rebecca's womb. And it said, And the children struggled. This word struggle has the same meaning as the babe leap. It's something special. This wasn't just an ordinary struggling. No, no, no. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And Psalm 114 and, 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 and verse 4 speaks of an unusual movement. And it says, The man in skip, skip, struggled, and leap all have something in common in meaning, something unique. And the man in, man in skip like round. And the little hill leaped like lambs. An unusual movement. If I was to look at it and behold the matting skipping, I'd feel like that the Lord was in the matter. And I should need to take heed. The Lord had a reason, friend, for this boy, John the Baptist, to leap for joy upon this occasion. And only the miraculous powers of God could have brought it to pass. All friends, to know this is to have the answer to that last stanza that you sang. Lord, reveal thy workings unto us this day. Then, the next thing that happens to Elizabeth is that she's filled with the Spirit. The Bible said that Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit simply means to me that she was completely influenced by him. I don't believe her husband was specifically filled with the spirit of influence as his wife was. I want to say this today. I believe that any man's wife completely filled with the spirit and he didn't know nothing of it. All he had ever do was to poke fun at her. They've been people in this congregation that told me out of their own mouth about all their husband ever did know and ever did tell them is to poke fun at their God. And why are you going to church? If God is so great, why don't he do more than what he's doing? If God is your God, why don't he stop wars? And why did this happen to you and in our family? But here's a woman that is completely under the influence of the Holy Spirit and is yielded and listening and it's aware of the fact there is a special movement in my body. All the blessings that follows hereafter and, and all of the joys and the, uh, the, the very voices of heaven that fell from this woman's lips as God moved and directed their conversation in Christianity untarnished, Christian fellowship. Then, right after this, Elizabeth is going to say something, but I want to read a statement out. I want you to listen to it as I read it. Divine knowledge, which right now Elizabeth is in, 
she, she has divine knowledge now. What is that knowledge? That God has moved within me. And God is completely influencing my life. She has divine knowledge. Divine knowledge accepted by faith brings the acknowledgement of the truth with the greatest assurance and satisfaction. Now, what I'm going to be reading to you just right after this, these women are going to be stating it with the most assurance and satisfaction. One of my greatest problems in trying to preach and teach the house of faith or the household of God is to get them to speak the knowledge they have with assurance. Even you get to talk to people about being born again, they don't want to speak that with assurance. They want to say maybe or hope, but you don't hear this in true Christian fellowship. It's not going to be I hope, I hope, I hope, or maybe. It's uh, this divine knowledge they're going to speak with much assurance and joy and with acknowledgement, with satisfaction. Will you, will you just listen to that today? You go ahead and say what you want to. But when divine knowledge has been received by faith, people that have accepted is that speaks it with assurance and satisfaction to the glory of God. Now, you put two people together, friends. You put one person that speaks it this way with another born-again person that's in doubt and don't even say what he's experienced, they have lost their heads. It's just like running up against wall, against a brick wall. One will say, Oh, the Lord has done this much for me, and I must believe that I'm born again. Oh, I can't go that route, says the other. I've, ex- I've experienced some things, too, but... But I, I just don't know. I just don't know. These two women, Christianity as it best in conversation, does not go that route. They both have experienced some things, and they are in much assurance and great satisfaction acknowledging it by faith. That's Christianity. Before it becomes tarnished, so much seeds of discord and that. Is that what you want? Why don't you seek people? If you're not, and if you're not happy, there's a way to thee. Here's two women that's thrilled to death that God is using them in their plan. But now before we go further, uh, we, we won't get far, but before we go further, I want to read you three scriptures that tell you emphatically that the same spirit that filled or influenced Elizabeth completely is not only available and he's coming to us, but he's within us, even and more blessed way And he was upon this specific instant. I'm going to read them to you to show you the glorious day and time and that Christianity in the day we live should be exalted upon the mountaintop with much assurance and satisfaction by faith that we should tell our experiences to each other that what the Lord has done for us. Oh, and what good church members, better and better church members, and church fellowship would we have through this good Christian fellowship as we talk. Friends, I have talked to Methodists in my life that made me more dedicated as a Baptist when they told me what the Lord has done for me. Christian fellowship. You show me a person that don't know what it is, is not even a good church member. And I'm going to say again, unhappy and tormented by ever process of life. Romans 89, Paul says this. This is for us now. 
Romans 89. But, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. God dwelling in you. It didn't say that God dwelled in Elizabeth, but he's influencing her life. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And then Paul goes ahead in Romans 8 and 14 and says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And then in verse 16 he says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Can now then, could you imagine two people sitting together or born-again people around in a conversation, having experienced each one of these passages and in much assurance and satisfaction talking about them? One said, Oh, I know the Lord has led me. Another said, Yes, and I do too. I remember this upon one occasion that the Lord done thus and such for me. And then, then the other one cannot hardly wait till he finishes that he might tell his experience. Here is two women in Christianity untarnished simply by faith and much assurance and satisfaction and happy and gloriously jubilant towards heaven, talking about the good things of heaven, unashamed. And the Bible said that each child of God can have that privilege, can know what it is to have Christian fellowship. Or you can have nothing, friend, as a child of God and be unhappy each moment of your life. So then, as these two women are confirming each other's faith, could we not say then in our day that it would be possible to seek out each avenue that we could possibly find to confirm each other's faith while we live? Verse 42 said, After these things had happened, and the babe had leaped for joy, and she's influenced completely by the Holy Spirit, it says, And she spake out with a loud voice, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Don't you think these is remarkable words when she says, Blessed art thou among women? How did Elizabeth know this? Mary has not told her if she had the Bible or not recording. There's not a recording in all of God's holy writ that says that Elizabeth has anything to travel upon except the good revelation of heaven to make such astounding statements. As this, have you ever heard anyone that has made a statement that's astounded you in life? These are remarkable words, full of emotion and revelation. Elizabeth speaks with the language of heaven. The angel himself in Luke 1 and 28 has said identically the same word. Blessed art thou among women. Here Elizabeth is repeating it. By the very influence of heaven itself, Lord, today we sing, open our eyes that we might understand what you would have us to understand. And here's God, 2,000 years ago, a blessing an old woman that never had the blessing of bearing a child in her young years, there looking at the mother of Jesus Christ and saying, Mary, you're blessed among all women without any envy sold in. I hope to get to that before we have to sit in, sit down. And then she says, not only that the blessed art thou among women, but she goes further and says, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. 
Now, remember, I've already said that Mary had no difficulty in knowing that Elizabeth was with child. But, oh, here is what the Holy Spirit is doing for Elizabeth, letting her realize that there stands the mother of my Lord. No one told her except God through his spirit. I believe God's still working that way. There still be these on the throne. There's people here to give you, maybe not this kind of instance, but instances in their lives where God has let them know and understand. Every sermon that's ever meant anything to you, friend, it takes the same power and same enlightening from heaven to let it get within you to where you could receive it and thank God and to know with mercy sure and in acknowledgement with faith that that's for me. And I thank you specifically for it. Then you go and have Christian fellowship with some other one. Even that evening, say, what do you think about, 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 about what, what the preacher read? Oh, that meant so much to me. But we don't want to... See, that's, that's too little for us in our day. You know what Elizabeth is saying here in this, in this statement? And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. She's saying, and truly, it is a human child. Here in this statement, Elizabeth is acknowledging the humanity of Christ. People in our day, both just refute everything. The humanity, humanity of Christ, it's, it's, it's thy womb. It's going to be brought from thy womb. Thy womb. Now, you need to see that. You may not accept that statement. But I believe there is a woman that has said more in these four or five words and probably that I'll say in these 40 minutes I'll stand here. Here to the revelation of heaven, not only does she know that, that, that in you is God, but she also knows and says that that child is 100% human, the humanity of Christ. There's a lot of people that, oh, they've been booked to pro and con upon this great subject about the humanity and the divinity of Christ. But here's a woman, as far as I know, that's never heard a New Testament discourse. The church is not even in existence. But the Lord is here. And she is acknowledging in that statement under the influence of that spirit that yes, Mary, is your womb producing God. Not producing God, but God is in there. But inside of that body that's in your womb, that body itself is human. Don't tell me that you never reach that conclusion without the fullness of the spirit and not arguing with it and say, well, I know that's what the Spirit wants me to say, but that sounds too big. I don't believe I'll say that. Now then, there's four things I want to mention about Elizabeth before we pass on or we might have to close. The first one is that Elizabeth, too, was a favored woman. She was going to bear John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Mary, a much younger person, was much more favored. You know, sometimes we as older people don't want God to favor the younger ones. Never do want that. And if we see them doing something that's more blessed, we ought to want to halt them and slow them down and, and quench their spirit. Does that not prevail among the religious order of life? We, we, we think, no, it's all of us. I'm tarnished with that. But Elizabeth wasn't. You remember that about her, that she's blessed. But Mary, a much younger person, is much more blessed. That's the second thing. And the third thing is about Elizabeth, that in no sense is Elizabeth envious. Rather, she is rejoicing in the fact. 
There's no doubt that what people that understood that there was a Messiah coming, no doubt that every godly woman in Israel wondered, will I be the one? And what a joy it will be. But here we see Elizabeth. She has no envy just because that Mary is more blessed. She's thrilled about it. And in thanksgiving to God. And then, to us, could we not have this same spirit? Let us by no means envy others that are more highly favored than we are. Friends, envious attitude is the greatest tragedy that has ever prevailed in Christianity. I want to say that to the old just as much as I do to the young. We're born to that. And when we run up on people, uh, and in other words, if, 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 if I just stop right now and I say, Brother John can sing better than Brother Edwin, I'm not going to say that. I, I'm not going to even say it so. But if I did say that, if Brother Edwin was not completely influenced by the Holy Spirit, he'd be envious and vice versa. There's another visiting preacher here today, and he'd preach, and everyone, when I church, my church members come by, and then they say, well, Brother Walt, he's all right, he'll never, he'll never match that man. If I did not let the Spirit control me, I'd be envious. I'm telling you, here's some of the greatest lessons to show you what true Christianity above everything is. It's having Christian fellowship and conversation and saying, Lord, whatever your will is and your plan, for me and take me and use me. Yet I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Or, yeah, I'm your servant. Take me and lead me on and whatever it is. It be the doorkeeper or whatever it is. Use me. But the very reverse of that has caused division, subdividing and still doing it, friends. But, oh, that's not Christianity. What are we talking about today? Christianity. All of its beauty. All of its early eyes. All the thrill it brought to life of those that did encounter them. I want to read you one. I'm going to have to skip some things, but I want to read you one other statement that Elizabeth made uh, before we sit down. Then later on she asked this. She began, she says, in wonderment and praise and in humbleness. She said, What is it now that the mother of my Lord should come to me? You know why I want to tell you that? Because in this statement, Elizabeth, Acknowledges the deity of the Lord. Here, here in five verses, even no discourse, and before Christianity, as far as the church is concerned, ever moved, here is a woman just from, from the blessing of heaven has acknowledged the humanity of Christ and the deity of Christ. In your womb is a 100% man, and in your womb is 100% God. And I feel deeply humiliated, and but in the midst of that, I'm joyfully thankful that God Almighty would direct you to my house, that we might have conversation together and glory and accept by simple faith. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.